listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keep League podcast. With our AFL Fantasy podcast that doesn't focus on the superstars, we only focus on the lesser knowns and those who are going to help you win your Keeper Leagues. As per usual, I'm joined by my co-host Kays. How you going, mate? Not too bad, Hef. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Weird weekend of football. Uh, again, <laughs> I don't think... least. I think that's actually a normal weekend now. It has to be weird. Yes. And if it's not weird, then it's not normal. We were kind of having a chat about this today. It's like, you know... Everything is just on the fly now. Yeah. You know, like we're just going to be as flexible as possible and oh. see what happens and just hope we can get some kind of one footy season out, but then also some kind of, uh, you know, fantasy relevant season too. It's been hard for obviously the uh, super coach, AFL fantasy, that kind of thing with the the salary cap styles. Um, you know, it's a bit easy when you're a draft league, you can, you know, tweak a few things, but yeah, I don't really want to be one of the, the guys on the, the big platforms at the moment i don't think it would be hard no nah, i don't think that'd be too much fun at the moment either uh speaking of doing things on the fly i think this podcast is uh, going to be done a bit on the fly too from this point forward i think as well just with how things are changing and uh we might not have complete rounds coming up and uh data sources taking a lot longer to come out i think afl fantasy classic only opened up this afternoon so mm-hmm. left us with not much time to get some stuff sorted but anyway we're here we're doing an episode and all that sort of stuff so but we can guarantee you we'll be giving you the best analysis of all the uh games that do take place during the, absolutely the, the most most in-depth analysis, too in-deep, some, in too much in-depth, I think. Yeah. Some people might say. But uh, anyway, if you're listening, you're probably one of the diehards and you want to hear it anyway. So Bloody it's what, all good. <laughs> what was your highlight of the weekend, Hef? Um, oh, to be honest, probably Port Adelaide's win. Or oh, fantasy-wise. <laughs> no, no, just in general. Um, yeah, no, nah, look, Port Adelaide's win was up there for mine. Um, mm-hmm. I think Western Bulldogs actually getting a win. Yep. Um, it was good to see, I think, as well. Jai Coldwell uh, really impressed me. So mm-hmm. that was probably one of my boys that uh, I got excited about over the weekend. What about you? Um, well, obviously, the the Bombers not playing this weekend was a bit of a fizzer for me, but uh, I actually sat down and watched uh, most of the Crows Gold Coast game. And while the Crows were definitely a bit of a joke, it was good to see the Gold Coast boys up and running, you know, like talking yeah. about like watching the guys that we've spoken about over the last, you know, 12, 18 months, you know, your Ainsworth, Bose, Rao, you know, all these guys are really ne- taking it to the next level. It's good to see them what, you know, might... It's, it's, they're not there yet, but uh, a glimpse of what we might see in another year or two. I was going to say, uh, any player in particular? <laughs> uh, there's a guy called Matt Rao who's quite handy. Yeah. yeah. With uh, with Bose and Rao now at uh, mm-hmm. Gold Coast, because you've got Rao, you've mm-hmm. got the number one draft pick this year. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to become a Gold Coast member? Are you going to join Doss and uh, <sighs> Stevie Fizz up as a uh, uh, Gold Coast fans? Uh, I might request like a uh, Jack Bose um Badge, you know, like a Matt Rowe, Jack Bowes badge. I don't know if I'll go the full membership. All right, a few Could badges. be an interstate member. Yeah. I'm not going to rule it out. All right, I'm not cool. rule it out. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of not ruling things out, we can't rule out this uh, organic remedy kombucha oh, that what. we're drinking tonight. We, we we thought about going back to the beers, but this remedy kombucha is just too damn good to uh, to uh, turn down. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're watching on the video, there's the remedy. The kombucha is delicious. I wouldn't say no to any beer sponsors if they did want to get on board too, yes. that's for sure. Yes. But speaking of this, I did have a few uh, homebrews uh, on Saturday. Arvo. We had a bit of a poker game and uh, tell you what, my guts haven't been the same since that uh, oh. the hoppy home. Brew. So this kombucha, I'm really looking forward to uh, kind of saving my, yeah. my stomach. Oh, this is known for its uh, gut health and uh, aid in helping recovery with that I'm case. So cherry you'll no be fine either. after that, mate. All right, let's stop talking about uh, kombucha and let's... Oh, sorry, one I've more got thing. One, I've got... This is off the cuff. I was thinking about everyone's had a bit of a shitty fantasy season so far. You know, like there's been a lot of downs, you know, not too many highs for many people. What player has scored the least amount of points playing every single game so far? And what score have they combined for oh, it's, it's too hard I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I could take ages guessing you just tell me Case. just have a punt just um, what about the, the, the number can you give me a club uh, Fremantle 
Oh, was it, is it Sam Sturt? No. Uh, who was it? Griffin Logue okay. has played three games and he has scored a total of 66 points. Amazingly, he's only missed 2% of game time out of a possible 300% or whatever. So he played two 100%ers and a 98%er. Yeah, right. So he's actually played a fair bit of uh, yeah, time <laughs> So he's got no excuses with time on ground, but I just thought it was a bit of fun, you know. So at least you're not, hopefully, not fielding Griffin Logue in your side. Yeah, no matter how bad it is, you're not fielding him. All right, let's finally get on to the round rewind. Let's do it. to the round of rewind the segment where we go back through all the weekend's games and uh, have a look at some of the I guess the lesser known fantasy scorers not the superstars anyway uh, Friday night sorry Thursday night football mm-hmm. Richmond versus Hawthorne I took a look at this one and I'll just give you a few players that uh, tickled my fancy case so uh, the Hit first me. one uh, on my list is Nick Vlostein hey, nice. so 72 points uh, 14 kicks 6 marks really just doing what he does he pops up all the time with scores like this next week he's likely to score you a 40 and uh, that'll be it but uh, you know that's what he does and he's a great streaming option if you have mm-hmm. him on your team just got to pick the right week to field him did call him as one of the um, loopholes to watch over the, the four weeks because uh, Richmond have three Thursday night games so as you said when he's when he's taking those intercept marks like he uh, obviously did a bit on, on um, Thursday night just stacks up the points and he's just one that is just quite handy to have I've got a bone to pick with your uh, loopholes in a second, but I'll wait till I get to him in the list. Okay. Uh, Dylan Grimes uh, also had 72 points, so mm-hmm. guess a similar uh, type player. 11 kicks, 7 marks. The ball was in the defence a lot, actually, when you think about it, so that mm-hmm. probably contributes to some of this scoring as well. Again, not another player I'd uh, really consider from a fantasy point of view, but again, he does pop up with uh, these kind of scores, and I think the um, the key defender are scoring a little bit better. Mm. Not super well, but a little, yeah. bit, uh, little bit up this year, I guess, with the change of the game style. Agreed. Uh, Jaden Short, he had 70 points. Uh, he's getting to 2G4P territory, case. Big call. Not quite there yet. I'm not ready to put him in that basket, but he's getting there. And um, look, it's just good to see him scoring well with Hooli in the side. That was my mm-hmm. number one concern, that if Hooli was going to be back and playing full-time um, after his injury, then uh, yeah, that would uh, hurt his scoring. But he's scoring well, so hopefully you picked him up in your drafts and not Sydney Stack. <laughs> he hasn't really come on. <laughs> well, yeah, there was, there was talk of them both playing pretty similar positions yeah. and scoring pretty similar, but uh, yeah, it hasn't happened. And uh, I just thought I'd uh, highlight Jack Higgins. So he was so he had 60 points. He was not bad, but mm-hmm. he uh, spent more time up forward this week. And I don't know, just Richmond being playing the way they were, couldn't get in the game, especially if you're in that Richmond forward line. I think they only managed five goals again this week. So mm-hmm. it's not suiting them uh, this short, and, uh, this short no. quarters. No. no. All right. On to Hawthorne, and here's my bone to pick case. Yes. Isaac Smith, I had him, and I reckon, mm-hmm. top of the list in the loophole, uh, little bits of stats and data I gave you. Yeah. And you left him out of the article. Yeah. So, anyway, 99 points, top Look, scorer for the game. If you want me to write the content, <laughs> I'll edit it as I feel. But, right, uh, that's fine. I thought uh, I'd just handball that one to you to make you look like a Well, look, uh, now, you look, now you look like a genius because <laughs> yeah. uh, if you listened to the, the pod, you would have uh, – or if you actually looked at all the stats, you would have got all that stuff. So yeah, exactly. It's for the guys who really dig down deep into the projections and the, the members who get access to that. So, you know, I don't want to give away give too away many too tidbits much. to the, yeah. the general public. But, uh, you know, look, well done. Well so done, Hef. He was my loophole, well, my favourite loophole option for the week, and uh, especially if you play the Thursday night loophole. Uh, he had 99 points and he just wound back the clock. Um, so, yeah, made the shortlist for me. Uh, getting lots of touches. So, we, I don't know. It's weird. He was getting lots of touches in defence, so the defensive half. But mm. it's really hard to tell if he's playing in defence or he's just getting up and down that wing, like mm. really deep both way. Because yeah. he still goes up and he kicked a goal and things like that. So, mm. 
my gut says, well, sorry, my head tells me that he's um, he's still playing on that wing, but the heat map does say 72% in the defensive half of the season. So yeah. it's going to be interesting come uh, next week whether he gets the, uh, the DPP or not. We'll talk about that a bit more later in the podcast. There's a few questions about DPPs and stuff later. So I won't touch on that too much now, and I'll move on to uh, my next player, which is Chad Wingard. Yeah. So that's uh, he had 87 points. Um, look, he's obviously 2G4P. I'm not even sure why we're talking about him, but uh, last year he probably worked his way back into podcast contention. Correct. So he was a bit shitter last year. Um, but at the end of the last season, he scored well. And I thought it was just um, interesting to put him back in there because it is someone – I wrote an article for Dream Team Talk where I basically said um, going by the end of last season and his price for AFL Fantasy Classic, he's getting close to one of the must-have players. And I did actually um, put my money where my mouth is and brought him in, and I'm pretty glad I have so far. So doing all right in AFL Fantasy Classic as well. I think nice. I'm about 6,000. So Wow, good. Yeah, right. going all right. Oh, I'm a big one on him on just having a full preseason and being fit. You yeah. know, like that's been his issue the last few years where he's always had niggles or something going wrong. It seems that he's finally had a full crack at it and we can actually see what he does uh, footy and fantasy-wise. Yeah, but the, I think the interesting thing with him as well, and it's probably the last time we're going to mention him on the pod, is just he's scoring well up forward again. Like, he used mm-hmm. to do that at Port Adelaide. Then uh, before the end of his career at Port Adelaide, he had to play in the midfield a lot to get that points up and then did the similar thing at Hawthorne at the end of last season. So playing up forward wasn't probably his forte for fantasy scoring, but he's playing forward a lot more now and he's scoring well because he's just getting the goals on the board and getting the touches too. So, yeah, um, I think he's uh, I think he's going to be all right going forward mm-hmm. and he'll probably keep the forward status going forward as well, which will be good. Definitely. Uh, more Hawthorne players. Uh, Jonathan Segler, so he had 80 points. Uh, averaging 70 for the season now. Another player that if he keeps this up, he'll be uh, 2G4P pretty soon. Uh, anything to mention about Segler, case? No, just one of the ones we kind of highlighted the preseason with, uh, you know, what Big Boy was doing and uh, Segler's always proven he's a pretty good scorer. So good to see him uh, prove us right, I suppose. Weren't you one of the people that was saying that there was no way he was going to play on the ruck and it was all fluff and... I can't remember. <laughs> Pretty sure you were. No way, McAvoy. Go back and find the tape. No way, McAvoy were playing in defence, you were saying. Something uh, like that. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Blake Hardwick's the next player. Uh, 76 points. So good news for Hardwick owners, uh, which mm-hmm. case you are one. Um, a few people, I think, were getting nervous and ready to pull the pin on him. But, you know, playing more off the halfback flank instead of deep in defence, he looked pretty good. What do you reckon, Case? Yeah, look, I'm surprised he played last week and, you know, he had that poor score. Um, you know, it was really only supposed to come back this time of the season, so he would have had a few VFL games to get fit and up and running but you can just see the Hawks rate him really highly so yeah, they want him uh, and, in there. and 76 points uh, you know second game back after a pretty decent injury I reckon it's uh, onwards and upwards for, for Blake uh, Sam Frost, the next player, had 66 points. I mentioned him last week. Uh, so, so, 66 points was actually 82 pre-corona. Mm. But yeah, I mentioned him last week, um, playing that third tall role again with McAvoy and Frawley in yep. there, um, playing that kind of almost loose or just the tall interceptor type. Um, he's looking like an okay option, I think, Kays. Um, again, I, it's, it's too shaky to actually, you know, you wouldn't put your house on or anything no. like that to score well every week. But he just keeps, you know, pushing out those mid-high 60s, mm-hmm. um, which is a decent option this year. Yeah. So, if he's on your waiver wire, which he probably isn't a lot of, he's probably not the worst option just to kind of stash Mm. um, just in case you need to stream someone like him. If these guys keep coming up, I might actually have to do a bit of a deep dive into key backs and just see where they're kind of uh, tracking this year because we do seem to be talking about them a bit more. So. We are, definitely. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Jack Scrimshaw, so he had 60 points and I guess it's just good to see him back in the side again. Um, he's been on the radar for a while, just hopefully he can get a decent run. I think he played 10 games or so last year, but it'd be good to see him get a full season in or at least the 17 games or 16 games mm-hmm. left, whatever it is, because yep. um, he definitely looks capable. He doesn't look out of place while he's out there and, you know, 60 point last week was uh, a pretty good return. Yeah, he's a class player, I think. Yeah. All right. Next game. Righto. On to Friday night. It was the Bulldogs versus GWS. So we'll start off with the, the losing side, the Giants. It's all about, uh, ooh, I can't believe it, the Coleman leading Harry Perryman. Really? Yes. 
Yes, he's actually kicked like eight goals, which is amazingly leading the Coleman at the yeah, moment. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, two goals to him and 23 touches along with eight marks. He was just, uh, you know, one of those guys just flew under the radar a bit, you know, just kept racking him up. Uh, very, I like it when they're a bit unnoticeable, you know, like they're not doing the flashy stuff, just getting the tackles, getting the handballs out. Um, but he did have quite a few touches down back too, uh, as well as kicking the goals up front. So very classy. If you do have him, I think you'd be licking your lips. Um, you would have jumped on him probably late last year when he was kind of showing a bit. And as yeah. the, the DPP back centre, he's, uh, yeah, an amazing get back there. He'll be too good by the end of the year. Most definitely. Speaking of a couple other guys who will definitely be too good. Oh, that's a big call. My boy, Jackson. Hately, uh, late in for Josh Kelly and just racked up a lazy 80 points. Honestly shocked that he's not just walk-up best 22 at, at GWS. I know their midfield runs very deep, but uh, he showed on the weekend why he is a very good player. 21 touches, 7 marks, just very clean and classy. Now, mm-hmm. surprisingly, only 52% owned. Now, if someone like uh, Whitfield doesn't get up this week or Kelly doesn't come back, he will obviously be retaining his spot, and I think uh, he will be one to to grab. I know he's a centre only, but you know he was one of their best players in a in a poor side on Friday night. Yep, he's going to be a fantasy gun when he gets a run. And you're right, it is surprising. Like I know if if GDOs have their midfield at full strength, I don't see him in their best twenty two. But as soon as you got Taranto out, as soon as you got Kelly out, you got Callum mm. Ward, who's going to take a while to get back to uh, to full strength. He definitely should be in there, and I'm, I'm glad he kind of seized his opportunity on the weekend. Mm. Big time. And another one who's doing that uh, a couple of weeks in a row now, Jai Coldwell, your boy, have uh, 75 points from him. Just really polished. Uh, 14 touches, uh, which isn't huge, but took eight marks, was just kind of getting a few chips around and that kind of thing. Four tackles, which we do love as well. 35% owned. So he could win. That's a real sleeper, especially for your, uh, you know, your proper keeper legs if you do play the waiver wire. One to almost stash because I think, you know, him and uh, Haley are only going to get better the more opportunity they get. You never know what's going to happen with GWS's list in terms of who's moving on with salary cap, etc. So uh, one who's going to be very good. And I just think, uh, you know, your Caldwell-Hately-Perryman combination genuinely uh, are going to be three amazing fantasy players for a long, long time. Did you check his time on ground numbers this week? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, Caldwell. Yeah, damn. I'll check that later on, I reckon, cause, yeah. or if the listeners are out there, check up on that one because he didn't play much the week before. And if it's low time on ground, again, it's going to be pretty good signs, I think. Hmm. Uh, on to the dogs. Uh, my boy, Tim English. Now, I know he's, you know, potentially a bit too good for the pod because Ruckman don't run that deep. But, you know, he's been copping a bit uh, the first couple of weeks, but he had 78 points and was pretty impressive. Uh, I know it's uh, against Source, who was a big lumbering dude. And well, really, English only had 12 hitouts, which is probably a bit of an issue against Source's 25. But uh, it was his round-the-ground work that really set him apart, uh, apart from his uh, set-shot goal-kicking. Uh, 15 touches with 10 kicks uh, and seven marks. So, uh, chopped out a lot down back, um, you know, actually kicks the ball pretty well for a big man too. So, yep. uh, he's going to have his haters and his quiet games, but I think he's just one that's going to eventually get there. Potentially may not ever be the best ruckman in the game, and that, that's understandable, but uh, his work around the ground for a big guy, uh, if he's floating back in, in the back lines, he's going to be very, very handy for, for many years. Just going back to Coldwell very quickly, uh, mm. 71% time on ground yeah. for him. So, he, didn't, he, was, he was 48% the week before. So, super positive. did boost that up, and I think it's the Point per minute numbers are quite good for him then oh, for sure. uh, this season. Uh, just going back to uh, English. Um, yeah, look, I think it's very handy for him that Western Bulldogs don't have a better actual ruckman Correct. in the yes. list. Yep. So I don't 
don't think you really have anything to worry about um, with Tim English. It doesn't matter how much he gets beaten um, in the hitouts and things like that because they don't really have an established backup or someone that they're going to bring straight in. He's they're clear number one, so mm. people are you know giving you shit all the time, guys, that he sucks on the ruck stuff like that. But in fantasy, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another key defender just pops up here. Alex Keith. He had sixty four points. Um, Definitely having a bit more of an impact, and he was very, very solid back there, uh, fantasy-wise. But uh, played a ripper game in real life footy. Played the full hundred percent time on ground, uh, and had seventy-one points in round one. Just a bad game last week off the break. So, uh, six, uh, sorry, nine kicks, five handballs, and five marks, and also snuck forward for the uh, layoff sausage from outside fifty. So, sixty yep. percent uh, owned. So it's kind of on the borderline of uh, your uh, little waiver wire podcast that we have, Hef. But uh, just another key defender, kind of doing it week in week out so far so um definitely i think there's just a i've got a gut feel that these key defenders are you know being very fantasy relevant this year keith's uh, always been a fairly reasonable fantasy scorer Correct. as well especially yeah. at marvel stadium he always seems to play well there so mm. um should be interesting one to monitor forward yep and lastly for the dogs toby mclean he had 62 points uh 80 game time in his return to the bulldog side uh, a good spread of touches and played majority on the wing which is positive because we saw late last year or, or most of last year was kind of stuck playing that that small four role, which really doesn't suit him. He didn't he didn't score fantasy-wise and really wasn't that good real footy-wise, which why he found himself out the side. But uh, 17 touches and three tackles for him. Um, look, I think, you know, it's pretty positive, especially with Dunkley going out. Uh, just news that he's going to miss six weeks. So, yep. you probably think Lipinski might come back in, but uh, could mean a few more midfield minutes for Toby McLean uh, at the moment. So, uh, you know, uh, positive signs, I think. All right, let's move on to North Melbourne versus Sydney. You look at this one, Case. I did, yeah. I'll start off with the, the ruse. Chai Simkin, 96 points. I reckon he's uh, almost 2G4P, Hef. He is really come on this season. Uh, pure, pure class. Really doesn't do anything wrong. Uh, probably one of the best players at, at North Melbourne now. Yeah. Uh, 26 touches. Actually had the most touches on the field, which is pretty good considering you've got guys like Kennedy, uh, Jakey Lloyd, etc. You know, you've got some serious ball magnets on the, uh, the Sydney side there. So, for him to get the most touches, uh, uses it well. I think he's uh, almost 2G for P. Uh, not quite. I want to mm-hmm. see. It's just a bit early. That's all. Like, the way it's performing, like, give another week or two, he's 2G for P. But, you know, just because he's a bit of a younger player, he's kind of his breakout season. I want to talk about him for a bit longer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you. I'll yeah. let you. Uh, a guy who is on the older side of things, Aaron Hall, uh, 80 six points for him is he back is the big question uh, almost spoke about him last week but then he backed up uh, his form on the weekend was actually looking pretty good almost back to his old self 21 touches uh, one goal three uh, so could have been a few more points there 15 kicks out of those 21 which is a conversion rate we do like you know 2016 he averaged 105 and 2017 averaged 98 look I'm not talking those numbers but um, you know North Melbourne are playing well obviously playing a good role in that side yeah. uh, if you can get back to even just a glimmer of that you know that's uh, it's a, someone you want on your side yep no I'm happy with him this season he should be floating around a few waiver wires as well depending yeah. on how deep uh, you play if, or if you're in a redraft league so yeah to think and about ju- that guy and just with his age potentially someone you could get still a bit cheap if you are yeah. hunting a flag too so yep. he's in that uh, that nice that nice age bracket that you do like if you are on the lookout for a flag get on board Aaron Hall for that yeah now one guy who, who was quite disappointing uh, Aiden Bonar had uh, 35 points was a late in for Ben Cunnington uh, and I would assume he's going to be an early out next week uh, only the eight touches and four tackles for him oh, I'm just not impressed at all. I haven't seen anything that, uh, you know, kind of 
builds up the the height that he was getting at one point. He's a bit of a myth for me. Uh, only yeah. only played the forty nine percent time on ground, which is you know probably deserves a little bit of a, a slack. But I just need something. I just need one good score from him at one stage, and we just haven't seen it at all. Yeah, I've I let go of him a long time ago. Um, probably halfway through last year. Mm-hmm. Um, was it last year or the year before when he only played four games? I can't remember. I don't yeah. know if he played any last year. Um, yeah, he's just not a fantasy scorer for mine. Um, you know, he was he had a big rep coming in because of his junior career, but then he did the two knees and stuff like that, and he's just never returned and just wasn't to be, I don't think. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, on to the Swans. Uh, Jimmy Robottom, 64 points from him. Uh, a bit of a return to form for my uh, young fella. Um, 73% time on ground and only 56% own, which is uh, pretty good for a, a young uh, DPP centre forward. So once a monitor if he's on a waiver wire because what I do like is his CBA numbers are very, very high. I think he had 12 or 13 uh, on the weekend, which is bloody good for the Swans considering they've got some good players in there. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, Parker Kennedy, uh, Florence taking his game to the next level. You know, they like robot him in the guts there. And he actually had five clearances too. And only three people had more clearances than him, which was uh, Goldie, Simpkin and JPK. So uh, a good person to have in the guts. And, you know, with that DPP, he's, as I said at the start of the season, definitely worth a, a chance because by the end of this year, he could be one of, uh, you know, one of the great forwards, I think. Definitely. Uh, looking at a few other players, uh, Sydney with a bit of a, a mixed bag this week in terms of fantasy-wise, but uh, Jordy Dawson, uh, Tom Patley, the guys who are a bit borderline uh, too good for the pod, uh, was solid. Dawson actually played a ripping second, uh, sorry, a first half, and they kind of yeah. tagged him in the second half uh, because he was that good. Quite, uh, quite good across half-back flank with uh, Jakey Lloyd. Um, yeah, Tommy Patley, Jordan Dawson, look, they're probably not going to be around, but uh, it's good to see that they've kind of uh, got back onto, onto track after a slow uh, first week after a spell. And just another one, a bit of a weird one. I don't know. You know, it's probably a winner in that key defender slot. But uh, Robbie Fox, he had 54 points and his first game for the year and obviously not a big name, but uh, got the back forward DPP. You know, really just a bit of a hole filler. Um, good thing is his kick to handball ratio is always good, yep. uh, which is always handy. Look, if you're really scraping a possible bench option, but, uh, you know, if he can hold his spot on the side and you're getting a 54-pointer from, a, you know, your last back or forward each week, you know, potentially that's something that, that can be positive. So just one to monitor, but, uh, you know, if he continues playing, he's uh, an okay scorer. All right, moving on to Collingwood versus St. Kilda. Uh, Braden Maynard Kays, it's time for the question of the week. Yes. Is Maynard 2G 4P? Now, I put out a Twitter poll again yeah. this week, and I got back, I think it was a 68% yes, mm. 2G 4P. Okay. Um, probably not conclusive enough for mine, though. I think I people wanna, just are sick of you talking about him. Well, maybe, but uh, I, I think it was, yeah, it was a quite a decent number of votes and 68%. So... I usually like to think about 80%. I like a bit more resounding than that before 2G4P. So I'm not ready to call it just yet. All right. Well, I think there's a few guys in the in the pool, you know, your Simpkins, these like, if they've got by the end of the next two weeks, yeah, if they're yeah. still on fire, I think it's uh, it's time to call them. Let, so Maynard, let our boys be free. So Maynard had uh, 107 points, uh, 23 disposals, and he had six tackles. Last week I was complaining about, I, see, I saw him get at least four tackles in a reckon quarter and only one of them counted. So this week they must have counted them properly, I think. So he had six You're of like them in there. like a big mother so, hen just looking out for your boy. I watch, I watch all these guys real closely. Yeah, oh. I just, I just, yeah, that just, I remember that in my brain. That's all. It's weird things stick. Anyway, uh, yeah. Braden Manor, will, uh, time will tell whether he's 2G4P, but we'll give him another week or so. Uh, Jamie, 
Elliott, he had uh, Elliott, sorry, he had seventy four points, uh, two goals. Pops up every now like this. Just watch mm. him closely because what I did notice is uh, first bounce of the day in the center square. He yeah, was right. lining up for a CBA mm. um, and had a few clearances as well. And uh, yeah, a bit more midfield time. So if he is to continue that, uh, it could be very interesting. Could be handy. I think Collingwood might be trying a few things because the Goey had a lot of CBAs as well. So potentially just looking for a few of those guys to explode out the middle. You know, while you've got a few slower guys like Pendlebury, etc. in there. So if they're looking just for the, that pinch hit speed out the guts, uh, could be positive for Elliott. Yeah, just having a quick look at his CBA numbers here. So uh, round one, he had three. Round two, he had three. And round three, he had six. So mm. doubled this week and uh, yeah, averaging four centre bounces a game. A Onward week. and upward. Yep, so he's going to get a few more of them, hopefully. Mm. Uh, Josh Dacos, uh, becoming one of our boys, Case. Yeah, uh, 71 points. Uh, he looked to be spending time on defence this week, last week, but uh, this week he was definitely much more on the wing. Mm-hmm. I get really, I, can, I find it really hard, unless I'm at the ground, to really pick whether someone's on a wing or a halfback flank because mm. you see where they get their touches and like, oh, he's got on the halfback line, but he could just push me. And the ball up. just bounces around yeah, so quickly exactly. in, that, in that particular area. Yeah, it's a lot easier when you're at the game. You can actually see where they line mm. up and stuff like that, but I'm pretty sure this week he was on the wing a bit more. Um, um, so, yeah, Dacos uh, doesn't look really good for his DPP status that I was talking about last week, especially uh, with the changes coming up this week. But uh, I think he'll stay as a midfielder. But, uh, look, we'll keep the fingers crossed and hopefully he can get uh, a bit more of a run out of defence and see if he can get it up. Uh, Brody Majacek, 63 points. He kicked two goals. Just remains a good streaming option, I think, for mine. That's around the 80 mark uh, pre-corona, which is what he does. Yep. Um, pops up for one of those good streaming scores every few weeks. So he's get on board them if you can catch him. He's just honest. You know, you, know, yep. you basically know what you're going to get from him, and that's handy for your, your F4, F5. Now, St Kilda. Now, what I noticed with all their defenders, defenders really, they were they all scored really well. So, and I think it's got a lot to do with them. Collingwood really constricting them that they weren't really going forward and they were just a lot of the time seemed to be chipping to each other mm-hmm. around defence trying to find a way forward. I love now, that. hopefully <laughs> this continues. So they continue to struggle, can't get it forward, so they chip around. So, for example, Jake Carlisle, he had 88 points, mm-hmm. um, 20 disposals, and 16 of those were kicks with nine marks in there as well. So he was a key defender, so this kind of backs up our theory that yeah. they're scoring a bit better. But he did 92% time on ground, which is pretty much expected for a key defender, but because these guys are on the ground so much in comparison to others, uh, they're good to have on. Mm. So, uh, yeah, Jake Carla, performances are few and far between like this. But, look, let's, let's monitor it because it's the first time St. Kilda have really struggled uh, this season as well. So, if they do struggle a bit, it might be telling for the way that they try to move the ball out of defence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Butler, okay, is your boy. Mm. He had 83 points playing up forward, 20 disposals, four tackles and two goals. He just seemed to be getting in the right spots at the right yeah. time, just always at the, at the at the bottom of the pack or um, getting the crumb off the forwards and just snapping it through the goals. So, he's reaping the fantasy rewards as a result and uh, look he's he's travelling nicely he's a very very smart player uh, yep. good acquisition for St Kilda and uh, as I said last week fantasy wise just does the, the good things gets your tackles and, and always manages to find the scoreboard which is great for sure uh, Nick Caulfield so another one of these uh, St Kilda defenders so 73 points uh, look comfortable coming out of fence which is what I like uh, it was a bit shaky last week but he had 15 disposals and 8 marks this week and again yeah struggling struggling to go forward the Saints so Caulfield was part of their chip around the defence and uh, he benefited from this same with your boy, K's, uh, Ben Patton. Yeah. Um, 72 points, just doing a similar type of thing as Caulfield. Um, the chipping around really benefited him. Same with Dougal Howard. Uh, Dougal Howard did have a bit of a run up forward, though, but he had uh, 67 points. So, really, it was a, um, a good day for the Saints defenders fantasy-wise, probably just not so much in terms of actual footy. Yes, it's going to be interesting if, you know, those 
those fantasy scores continue if uh, St Kilda keep playing well, or you know, as you said, is it a game plan thing, or is it just the the um, what happened on the night? So yeah, but uh, you know, like those guys, you know, um, Caulfield and Patton, you know, we've you know uh, not we've but um, you know. They've been rated as good players. Caulfield especially, I think he was a high draft pick. So, uh, good to see that they're kind of, you know, finally starting to come into their own. And, you know, these guys are holding out some good players, you know, like Robertson, um, you know, there's a whole swag of good halfback flankers that aren't playing for St. Kilda at the moment. So, he's positive. All right, let's move on to Geelong versus Carlton. Almost the match of the round for mine, the way it kind of ended. No, it yeah, was a close well, game. That's true. Yeah, so it uh, started off pretty scrappy, but Geelong really came back. Uh, and I didn't watch that much footy in the weekend because I can only watch night games because it's hard to entertain a child and have the footy on at the same time. I can imagine. Uh, Gary Rowan, he had 74 points, uh, kicked two goals, just played his usual role, just a bumper night for him, I feel. But he was one of the few players that was actually getting his shit together, pulling his socks up and trying to get Geelong uh, back into the game. But mm. that said, I, I just don't read into him as much as a fantasy type. No. Um, you know, a good impact player, but just doesn't do enough consistently enough. Yeah, he just never delivers enough regularly. No. That's the issue with him. Uh, Grime Myers, uh, 68 points, yeah. playing forward this week, uh, showing that he can score well up there, though, um, consistently as well. Um, will keep forward status this year, and I reckon he'll keep it for many years. I just can't see him breaking full-time into that midfield, which mm-hmm. is really good for us yep. because we know he has been a decent junior fantasy scorer, and I think he could be a future keeper gun as a forward too. Agreed, 100%. Yep. Cam Guthrie, uh, he had 64 points. Uh, look, and 64 points is 80 pre-corona. Just doing bits and pieces in the midfield. So he's probably one of those types that if you play utilities, um, they're a good option to have down there on that list. So not good enough to make your actual starting midfield, but chuck them down in utilities, get your 64 or an 80-odd in the normal scoring and uh, pretty handy. Don't know if I'd trust him every week, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, he's burnt too many bridges for me, Cam <laughs> Guthrie. Yeah. I think for a lot of people too. Yeah. I don't draft him when he no. ever comes up, but he no. always seems to go okay. Yeah, uh, Quentin Narkel, 64 points. Um, look, he mostly played forward as opposed to the midfield that he did last week, which I think forward will probably end up being his role. But those little runs do help you get that little fantasy boost. And um, look, if he puts this up every week as a mid-forward, those 64s, you'd be pretty happy with him. Mm. So good. Uh, he's listed as a DPP candidate, so he's he's probably a good candidate for DPP as well, So as a mid-only, sorry. So yeah, 64 points for Quentin Narkel. Not a bad game. We'll move on to Carlton. So, uh, Mark Pitnet. It's not Pitnet. It's Pitnet. Okay. Um, apparently. And also known as uh, Mr. Worldwide for the uh, AFL Fantasy, uh, the Traders podcast for the Pitbull. What? It's Pitbull. It's the worst. It's okay. the worst thing. But it's pretty funny because now they've got this Mr. Worldwide sound effect that they keep pumping out each week. So, it's good fun. Okay. <laughs> 78 points for him. Uh, I scoffed when Kay said he'd average 80 plus last year. Mate, he can play. Yeah, he was one of your best trade uh, yeah. movement players. And I was like, well, out of all the people you've picked, Mark Pitnet. Yep. But uh, look, you know, if, we were, if we were playing I'm fullback. Fi- I'm fullback finally length, feeling that some of my you know predictions are finally coming to fruition this yeah, year. And it took you 12 months to get 2020 one 2020's right, been yeah. a disaster for most things, <laughs> but apart from my shitty fantasy predictions. Yeah, we'll put that on the calendar. Yes. Uh, the, the, the year rewind at the end of the year. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, he's, he's on, he'd be on track to be scoring 80 plus if he did, was playing full length games. Mm-hmm. Um, so he dominated hit outs. Um, he had 36 and um, Stanley and Sav could only get 22 between them. So get on board, I reckon, Case. Yeah, he's, he's the real deal, especially with, um, especially with uh, Cruiser going into early retirement, yeah. I think. R.I.P. Oh, maybe not, but no. know, one can dream. It's going to be weird if they do have to play two of them. No, I don't know, but he's just so unreliable, Cruiser. I just don't. And if Pitnet plays a like really, really good season, you know, without Cruiser, yeah. 
it's going to be hard for them just to back him in again for no real reason. If Carlton put him up for trade, Cruiser, do you think anyone would take him? No. No, neither. No. <laughs> so it's going to be weird. It's just interesting to it's see It's just happens. done. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, Levi Casbolt. So he had 73 points uh, and he was on the end of a, of a lot clunking Ooh, everything. Yeah. Uh, nine marks. Um, he's going to score well when the Blues play well. Mm-hmm. And he just seems to be growing in confidence as well. So he's definitely under almost too good to be a streamer. Um, but he's still a streamer option for me. But if he does another week like this, mm. I'll be definitely thinking about putting him on the field. Mate, I talked about him uh, a bit. Like, he, his back half of the season, especially when Cruz was, you know, injured, he was yeah. huge. Uh, I picked him up in the keeper le- in the uh, podcaster's keeper league with the last pick. So, yeah. 397. That's pretty good. So, uh, and he's knocked out an 82 of 46 and a 73 this year. Pretty like, happy I haven't that. played him yet, but, uh, yeah. you know, he's gonna, we'll definitely be playing against uh, Essendon this week if they do play because he's just one that will bob up. But, yeah, I think he's, he's just taking his game to the next level. I think he's, yeah, uh, nice. he's handy. He's handy. Uh, Michael Gibbons, so 71 points. Now, he's mainly playing up forward, but what we really noticed on the weekend is um, like last mm-hmm. year he was playing like the, the main small forward role. Yep. Eddie Betts has just come into the side and the best defenders are going to him every – or best small defenders are going to him every time, which is really freeing him up. Um, and he's getting a little bit – bit of midfield time and a, a little bit more midfield time than uh, last year as well. So he's adding a little bit to his scoring and he had 18 possessions and six marks. So he's worth considering as a forward for mine. Definitely. I, I saw something today on Twitter that um, Carlton have actually, you know, they're actually meaning to playing more midfield this year because, you know, that's actually what he got drafted as, as a VFL gun midfielder. Yep. Uh, he's only 25 too. I thought he was a bit older than that. So he's still got a lot of a lot of time left. So definitely you could be picking up worse players than uh, Gibbons. For sure. And uh, Eddie Betts, look, 65 points, but he was the match winner in the end. Um, still only a streaming option for mine, but if you can get him on a good week, the 65 is nothing to sneeze at this year. It's true. It's just hard. You know, he hasn't really... You know, he just bobs up when he wants to bob up too. Like it's hard to get a read on him, especially the last year or two. But uh, relies on goals, which makes it hard. But still one yeah. of the best players to watch in the competition. Oh, when he's up and about, and and just seems like a real good bloke as well. Agreed. So yeah. Anyway, uh, on to the Brisbane West Coast game. Um, well, the the outstanding uh, player of that match was Nick Nat. He had ninety four points, and we did talk about him possibly being a real shorter quarter expert because of his general lack of time on ground in in. Uh, previous seasons and he's proven us right 34 hit outs five tackles and 12 touches from only 69 percent time on ground he's knocked up 94 points uh obviously the big o and archie smith aren't the best ruckman getting around but uh i think this shorter quarter stuff is absolutely made for nick nat to a t yeah, I reckon so as well. And yeah, interesting that we were kind of commenting on the uh, on the time on ground status, but it's really not a factor this year. And being the shorter games and being good for his body, I think it's going to be He's good. To and, go. I, and I think as well, it was going to take a couple of weeks just to kind of get back into the swing and get used mm. to it. But I, I really reckon, look out going forward, he's going to start to dominate. I think he's going to be a good ruckman this year, fantasy yep. wise. Uh, Jared Brander, sixty eight points, uh, one of the the salary cap hype boys who uh, continues to deliver this season. He had fourteen touches. 12 kicks and a cheap little eight marks across halfback flank. Probably just needs to tidy up his disposal a bit, but uh, is promising. Um, you know, cracking that uh, West Coast side is a good effort. So, one to keep monitoring. I think he's got the back forward DPP too. So, yeah, uh, quite handy uh, and could be one just to, you know, it's a bit hard with that West Coast back line. There's a few very, very good players back there, but they are getting on in age a bit. So, yeah. one who might be the natural progressor from uh, this guy, Shannon Hearn, 53 points. Now, I'm not bagging you. Because, uh, you know, he's been a fantastic fantasy player the last few seasons. But, and a premiership captain. But, yes, 
is he starting to slow down a bit? You know, two fifty threes in a row. I know that's still pretty good in terms of Corona ball, but is it a bit of cause cause for concern when you've got guys like Brander and even Duggan's played pretty well this year, fantasy wise? Uh, you know, is is Hearn going to be the? You know, cause it's probably about three or four years ago he was this kind of. He was basically a fifty sixty average player. Yeah, then took his game to the next level. I'm just a bit worried he's regressed a touch. I think so. What he's a year older than I am. He's so 31, 32, 32, yeah. I reckon. Be to thirty three this year. Mm. So he's getting on a bit um yeah look i think just the regression is just coming from the age i think the body's mm-hmm. probably getting a bit sore slowing down um and probably using other guys uh in the same role as he mm-hmm. was beforehand so yeah i think it's probably expected for him to come down a bit this year might be one you want to sell if you can if you can yeah. i don't know if that'll be too much interest but you never give know. it a go you never know uh, another old guy who was quite good uh grant virtual he had 67 points um better off for the run in round two and he does knock out a pretty handy score like his career average uh when fit is basically 80 and that uh 67 fits that bill very nicely now only 53 percent owned which is quite interesting for someone who is very consistent when fit the issue is his fitness obviously but you know he's playing over guys like alex witherden um so if he's in there playing that you know more senior role in the back line and you know if you're getting a 67 70 out of him each week bloody hell that's a good effort yep i'm gonna keep banging on about him in the waiver wire podcast until that hits 65 percent owned because he's definitely a good one to have on your side for sure Grant virtual. and uh lastly uh for the lines brandon stasevich he had 60 points another one of the salary cap favorites but he's been playing well also uh 12 touches and a goal for him uses the ball really nicely and uh you know like virtual just the fact that he's playing over a few of these other uh lions players he can't get a spot i think it's good especially when they're in good winning form so uh one to keep an eye on uh and just kind of see how he goes and see how that role progresses through this year but uh yeah quite a handy young player another one that's a uh salary cap yeah hype that is Correct. serving me really well at the moment mm, they're doing well <laughs> Radio, right. on to the match of the rounds. Uh, the Gold event. Coast versus the Crows. Matthew Rao had 104 points. Now, do I have to say this again? Can we just call him too good for the pod? Yeah, I was going to say, can you remind me what it is? Yeah, too good. Yes. Okay. Um, is, is he too... Like, seriously, he's not... Didn't you call out. it last week? Yeah, why, but... Why are we talking you, about You him? said no, because he's only, like, 18 and only played two games. I said big call, but I thought we just agreed that it was 2G4P. All right, he's 2G for P. Fuck, he's gone. I'm, I'm going to delete him off the... Gone. Deleted. He's not even on the show doc anymore. Deleted. <laughs> Bye, Matty. I love you. Uh, another man I love, Jack Bowes, 88 yeah. points. Uh, he was very good off halfback. He will be a lay down Mazaire to get DPP. He Put him in your back line already if you can do that because uh, he is just controlling that Gold Coast back line beautifully. Um, they just give the ball to him to kick. Uh, he takes some good intercept marks too. Is he too GPP as well? Uh, we'll wait and see if he gets uh, defender status because mm-hmm. as a midfielder, he's not doing it. Correct. But I think it's basically a lock to get that defender status. So mm-hmm. I'll give him one more week just to okay. see what happens because we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about DPPs in the questions. We'll keep people listening. Another week after talk about Jack Bowes, I'm more than happy to do that. Yep. So that's that's fine with me. Uh, on to a couple other uh, very impressive young Gold Coast players. Benny King had 68 points. He's going to be a genuine star. Now, um, another tall, along with his brother, who I think even Hef would be happy to have on his list uh, because he can play. 
Kicked three goals too. Uh, probably missed a couple of easy ones of those two as well. Uh, six marks. And he did slow down a bit in the second half, but the game is basically over by then. What I do love is he is so good on the ground. Just picks up the ball so cleanly. He's almost, you know, they say it a lot, almost a secondary midfielder. He's not quite that tight, but his skills below the knees are absolutely fantastic. Makes him a weapon. And I think uh, once he gets a bit more size and his, uh, you know, engine just keeps growing, him and uh, brother Max are going to be very, very good to watch for the next 10 years. From memory, he was playing on Fisher Mackesy, I yes. think. Yes. Uh, I found it funny because uh, listening to the Crows um, on the radio afterwards, I have, I'm have i a saddest. I like listening to um, the Crow supporters bring up the radio. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also like a 65-year-old man. <laughs> well, the only time I listen to it is after Crows games because it's fucking hilarious. But anyway, um, look, they were talking about Fisher Max and they're saying how, how well he did for um, for a guy who played three games or whatever. <laughs> like Ben King's only played yeah. a handful as well. So yeah. I don't know how good it really was. It was good to see. Um, it would probably yeah. be what we see for a while. But, you know, well, that's what I mean, though, like, like another kid who hasn't played a lot of footy mm-hmm. um, still pulling out some reasonable scores. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, another boy we got to talk about, uh, the round three rising star, I believe. Yep. Connor Butterick, uh, 69 points and a keeper league special, one of your uh, big height players over the off-season hef. I wanted to put him in top three of our, uh, our draft podcast, but I think we ended up going to get him to five at the end because of the uh, the rookie status and the, mm. his height, I guess. Being, yes. But, oh, but uh, I, I, I probably didn't expect now. him to play this early either. Yeah, but uh, either. Uh, He's a genuine junior pig and he's only three. 34% owned. Now, as a, a centre for all DPP, I think you've got to be drafting him, especially if you're playing the long game. Uh, 63 points last week, 69 this week, 16 touches and a snag. He was all over the ground. Uh, he's a waiver wire gold. He's got class. He was just doing some really, really nice things. Uh, just looked comfortable out there and uh, I think he's going to be a star. Just hope he keeps it up. I don't want him to kind of turn out like Jack Higgins, you know, like uh, junior gun. Everyone's talking about the next big thing in fantasy and doesn't quite mm-hmm. make it. And players for mine though kind of yeah but like playing that kind of forward role as well um, he was across bar half back a fair bit too so no you're right he was so but the thing I just worry about with both of those guys is just not being big enough to play their genuine midfield Thing, uh, a role that they played in juniors. Mm. That's the thing I worry about with those types that have got the, the good pedigree. If they're a bit shorter and a bit stocky, they might be out in the halfback lines or they might be on up, up forward and not playing the same role. But, you know, positive sign so far. Oh, he's keeping Braden Fear any outside. So, yeah. um, you know, he's, he's, he's doing some good things up there. Uh, for the Crows, uh, Tommy Duday, he had 80 points. I thought he was easily the Crows' best. Um, you know, we saw what he could do two years ago before his, his knee recon. 20 touches, eight marks. I uh, was taking a lot of kickouts too. He's genuinely a class, class player. Needed the run last week, but uh, I think he's going to be a very solid long-term defender prospect. So uh, we did see, as we said before, uh, Makassi kind of taking that key lockdown role, whereas Dude was still allowed to to float around and, and do his thing, and he does it very, very well. So uh, I've got no issues uh, if you want to buy some stock in Tom Dude because he's uh, a good, good intercept defender. Another one we have to add to the list. What list? Those taller types. Yeah, they're bloody on fire. I'm going to do some research tomorrow. Yep. Uh, Benny Keys. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> 68 points. Uh, did some really good things and uh, played majority on the ball. Had a fair few uh, centre bounce attendees. Um, he was also, basically it was him, um, Henry and Jones in the in the guts the last quarter when it was dead and buried. But uh, look, as a forward option, I think he's a, a possible get. Uh, only had the 12 touches, but six marks. And I thought he played pretty well. He actually scored more points than Matt Crouch and Rory Sloan. Uh, look... 
is he going to be a world beater? No, but I think the Crows potentially are going to just persist with him and Jones and McHenry. Uh, I think they've got nothing to lose because the other guys just aren't there mentally or physically. I was watching in uh, Doss and Cam's uh, live stream on Twitch um, mm-hmm. from the Draft Doctors, and you were actually brought up in that um, – uh, asking what we'd think about K's, uh, sorry, Keys um, after last week, and yeah. he was wondering which one of which one of the keeper league pod boys was uh, big on Ben Keys with a bit of a giggle under their breath and rah rah. But after the weekend, they might be a bit different. Uh, it was different. It was far from their worst player. So I think uh, you know, keep watching what happens. But uh, look, I've got Chase Jones and Neb- sorry, Neb- just just yeah. going back to that on mm. uh, Wednesday night on that same show. Just mm. check it out on Twitch. Uh, there might be a familiar face on uh, Dawson Camp show this week as well. So will you be drinking kombucha? Yes. Good. You need <laughs> oh, to drink. Wait, I mean, if, if, if it's me that's on it, I don't know. Oh, well, it's not me. <laughs> uh, Chase Jones and Ned McHenry, uh, they only had 20 and 14 points respectively. Look, I thought they were pretty average, but uh, Matty Nix thought they showed a bit of ticker. Uh, they just looked a bit lost out there. They did play on ball the last quarter uh, along with Keys. Look, it's not ideal against Gold Coast, but I think they're just going to persist with them all year. So if you've invested in them, I think you've got no reason to trade them on because I think potentially by the end of the season, they could have you know found their rhythm, started to score really well. I think if you, yeah, as I said, if you've drafted them, I'd just hold them because you're probably not going to get what they could be worth um, unless you're really hunting a flag or something like like that, but uh, look, we'll just see. I'd like to give them a, a kind of year before I judge whether they're fantasy relevant or not. I am worried about that recruiting though uh, for the Crows, but we'll have to wait and see. But they look undersized and don't look kind of skillful look, enough to play the game. Year, yeah, look, they're, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're second year players, so we, I'm on big third year breakout man. So you know, yeah, and they're going to be thrown a lot more responsibility than they responsibility than they would have had previously. So hopefully, it makes them and doesn't break them. That's what I hope too. Yeah. Anyways, guys, Essendon Melbourne. What happened in that game? Um, bombers won by <laughs> 10 goals because Melbourne didn't want to play us COVID-riddled Bombers. Uh, let's, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens uh, if you can actually play next week because it looks like there was actually a full group drill <coughs> at some yeah, stage. A full, like a full team drill. I think there was, they were saying today. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I thought they looked like in some of the footage that they were together. Well, if stage. we do lose Hurley and all that, those guys, I'm not too worried. I think we can makeshift defend a, a Carlton forward line You'd for hope one so. week. Yeah. No, there were still some okay names. It's like Francis Cutler can go back there. Yeah. Um, Ambrose, a few other guys. I think we'll be fine for one game against Carlton. It was just uh, really interesting to see what the three different uh, sites did mm. in terms of uh, in terms of how they made up for those scores. So yep. obviously, Fantasy Classic they went with their averages, which hurt a few people, I think, because if someone got injured in the earlier rounds, their um, average was obviously mm-hmm. a bit lower. Yep. So that kind of hurt them there. I don't think there was actually many players, but that was just an option that could have happened. Mm. Um, but then you went with uh, Supercoach that had uh, went the best eighteen, yeah. which if you didn't have a lot of Melbourne and you've just screwed the play people that did have lots of best yeah. Melbourne players, that doesn't really help. At all, and I think Ultimate Footy was probably the big winner. Was going with the projected, but also give you the option of just adjusting the score mm. manually afterwards. So Ultimate Footy just really, wins out for mine. As we had a bit of an argument now, like the projected and the averages weren't too far off. So no, they whichever weren't. way you kind of went with it, I think that's probably the most fair because, yeah. especially when you've, it's you know, when you're drafting and you've had guys in your side for so long, you can't. You're not just going to cut an Essendon player or whatever just because they're missing for one yeah. week. So it's it is a bit tough. Uh, projections, um, rule for mine do anyway rely heavily on recent form averages anyway but then a little bit ties in the historical Previous, value yeah, but yeah. not as much you know more about the brief the recent form so mm. yeah which i think is a better indicator anyway so that's probably why they were close and i and i know a few people got burnt a few people tweeting me a guy called leon lacornu um was not happy tweeting me today but not much i could do about it yeah. i don't work for ultimate footy mate so i'm not really sure what you're telling me for but 
anyway. You're a man of the people. You're supposed to bring it to- <laughs> Maybe I should uh, go March down to Ultimate Footy Headquarters and, you know, take up some beef on behalf of Leon. Maybe. We'll see how we go. Anyway, let's move on to uh, Fremantle versus uh, Port Adelaide. So, uh, Trent McKenzie, the cannon. Cannon. Uh, 72 points, 16 kicks, zero handballs. That's what we- I'd love to see yeah, on the that podcast. Is, that is super sexy. <laughs> uh, five marks. Uh, playing as that um, that back. Well, I guess he's playing as a key defender, but what, like I was saying last week, Port are just leaving a bloke home when uh, the other team, well, we go on the attack. We used to kind of push up in numbers and support, mm. um, but we seem to be just leaving a player back and on the, on the fast breaks the other way, just sitting in the hole and taking marks. So um, is, he's playing that role really well. So Port defenders, I think, are going to, one of them, it's hard to pick, but one of them I think is going to do well, depending mm. on who gets in that hole uh, the most for the game but yeah trying to pick one out of him uh, Jonas and Cleary might be tough is he taking but all the kickouts as well he's taking up quite a few kickouts yeah because yeah, he does have that super boot too yes. so yeah the, that the helps as well that's it the cannon um, Charlie Dixon uh, 65 points like that's such a decent return in the wet he was wearing you know grip gloves or something like that mm-hmm. he's clunking everything um, look if he convert a few more look out he's sitting second in the Coleman to your boy Perryman mm. um, so yeah if he can clunk a few more of those and kick a few more straight uh, he'll be dangerous Dangerous this season, big time. One of my real late. He's looking. He's looking draft. fit. He's yeah. looking fit. Yeah, and yeah, strong, which is good to see. Uh, let's move. That's the only two really for Port Adelaide that weren't already two G four P. Surprising. I'm not talking about eight of them this week, Kays, but you'll be happy. Question: Who yep. comes in for the injured Dersmar this week? Um, I think we'll probably rotate a few around. Um, I'm not sure who the next actually in line would be, but in terms of the wing roll stuff, I think we'll probably find uh, Motlop up the ground a bit more. I'd like to see Mitch Georgiatis back in the side, but I don't mm-hmm. know if we can go tall enough. Um, I haven't really thought about it to be honest. So I kind of mm-hmm. forgot it even happened. But I think it? I think we will. Um, I think we will kind of replace the wingman with someone like Motlop, and it'll be like another player that comes in um, up forward or something it like feels that. Feels a role. Yeah, yeah, it's a big so bang. Hopefully, George Artis. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to so Adam Chera for Fremantle. He has seventy points. Started on the halfback line, but rotated through the midfield, which is really encouraging science. Um, it's just so weird, like him and Brayshaw just not getting full-time midfield. You think one of them would just go in there, but it's just not happening. But he's probably doing the better out of the two at the moment with the uh, the limited midfield time he's getting. Um, but yeah, we'll move on. Uh, Darcy Tucker, he had 68 points playing on the wing again. Averaging 71 for the season, so he's going really well too. And your boy, K, James Aish, uh, playing the opposite wing to Tucker. He's my boy. Uh, look, he chopped it up early, but faded late in the game. So still good signs. He had 15 disposals, 13 by foot, so you'd be pretty happy if you've got Aish in your side. Is he a defender this year, Kays, or only a midfielder? Um, can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. He might be a backman, actually. Yeah, it's pretty handy for years. I've got a feeling he's a midfielder, though, but I don't know. Anyway. I have a question, Hef. Yep. Your boy, go. Andrew Brayshaw, where are we at with him? He's still only playing 68% time on ground. Yeah. And if I was mistaken, I looked at the – he had what? He's had – 13 disposals and he's had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 in the first quarter. Yeah, he was absolutely on fire. I think he was on 47 at half time and I was like, here we go. Another quality Brayshaw performance. So two touches in the last half. Yeah, faded out. Just not getting the time on ground and just getting stuck up forward. Mm. Um, you know, and like I think as well, in the second quarter, uh, Fremantle only had one forward entry and that came in the last minute. What I don't get with Fremantle is they're shit. So why don't they just play these guys? I've got no idea. It's like they're trying to just conform to some sort of structure and not just actually Just a one trying to Ross himself. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, like it's, it feels like they're trying to play to a structure and not trying to develop players. It's weird. Mm. Um, we'll see how it goes, but I'm not... Look, he's going to... I reckon every second week he's probably going to have a good week, Brayshaw, but it's just not going to be consistent enough to rely on. Yeah, you want that consistency. Yeah. Uh, projections. We're not going to do them this week just because of the 
movement of games and uh, I guess we didn't have time to update the data sources. So stay tuned for our article that will come out Thursday Mm -hmm. um, and we'll have our kind of suggestions in there um, up on our website for you guys. So we'll uh, get straight into the membership stuff and then finish off with the questions. But uh, look, Wave or Wire podcast came out Monday night. Uh, The breakout tracker will be updated when our data sources are updated. Hopefully that's pretty soon. They just weren't updated before the show. Um, Breakout tracker keeps going in season this year so it's going to be pretty handy to go on with and of course how's Matt Rao looking on the breakout tracker well yeah like I said we haven't the data sources haven't updated yet probably exploded the lockout lockout only did he break the internet I don't know. The no. lockout only lifted this afternoon, so we didn't have time to kind of update it before the show. So not sure how we were going. But uh, the projections will be up at some stage this week too. So make sure you check out those before um, round four. But each week we read out some gold members' names. Kays, you can take the honours this week. Well, thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank Alan Svensson, Aaron McQueen, Wilson Davis, Scott Gallagher, and Cameron Housen. So thank you to those gold members who have signed up to support the podcast and are getting rewarded with all the bonus content as well. If you'd like to support the uh, podcast, uh, there's join links in the description that you can click on and uh, sign up there. So, uh, Kay's podcast reviews. Now, mm. we complained the last two weeks that we didn't get any, but I think the complaining's really paid off and well, we've actually have. got a couple this week. You're Karen, Karening everyone. Yep, I'm definitely. And it's Karen working. Podcast. Uh, DJ for Brooks writes, great job. Um, I just love the Jack Bowes chat. Yes, DJ. He's 2G4P, fellas. Yes, uh, he we'll is. Give him one more week. Um, see if he gets the defender status. I might bring some party poppers or something. Can That's a good place a good week. Yeah. yeah. Uh, put some balloons up in here. Yeah, video. fuck yeah. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, love the level heads. Keeping my trigger happy trade instincts in check. Mm. Great coverage of the lesser lights. So Thanks, mate. Thank you. DJ for Brooks and thank you for leaving a review um, if you use Apple Podcasts and have an account and you would uh, like to leave us a review we'd really appreciate it because it helps us climb the ranks and uh, yeah it gets us a bit more coverage so uh, thanks for all those that have put one in recently alright let's move on to the listener questions Moving on to the listener questions. Um, each week we take questions from Twitter and Facebook and we answer them on the podcast. Now, I'm just looking at this first question here and yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've already answered this. Can you please but, ask it though? Uh, I know you want to say it again. Yes. Uh, at Ninja Spoon 1, is Rao a bolter for 2G4P? Ah, uh, Mr. Ninja Spoon 1. He's possibly one of the greatest fantasy players of all time and Matt Rao will never be mentioned on this pod Again. I've already deleted him off this week's show, Doc. I actually should have deleted. I'm deleting this question right now. No. Well, see you later. Too good for the pod. Shouldn't be discussing him. Good All work, right. Ninja Spoon. It was a great question. All right. Uh, right question. My chance to ask a question for at Nathan is 16. Is Seb Ross a sell? Now, Hef, you're a Seb Ross owner. I am, unfortunately. How are you feeling? Uh, I don't think for, as a sell, you probably wouldn't get enough for him at the moment. Um, look, he had a bad beat in the weekend against uh, uh, for St. Kilda against Collingwood. Um, when they're up and about so far, he's looked okay, especially last week as well. Um, so, look, I'd like to see a little bit more of him under Ratten, um, especially in games where they're actually winning and things like that, which I think there'll be a few more this season as there were last year. So, mm-hmm. I re- I'd give him a bit more time and as well I don't think after last week um, there'll be too many people interested in him to give you a good deal for him anyway interesting with the the St. Kilda midfield you know they've added a few very good players in there and you know Brad Hill um, Dan Henry was the year before who else has gone in there this year um 
Okay. Zach Jones. Zach Jones. So you know, like they've got a fair few good ball movers in there. So um, you know, I think I think Seb Ross is still a very good player. So I wouldn't be too worried. But, yeah. Uh, you know, plenty of time to bounce back. It's weird because Jack still was playing those tagging roles as well when he's scoring better fantasy wise. It's strange. Tackle numbers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Um, all right, at time Miller. So uncover some lesser known defenders and mid gold for me. Hashtag struggle town. Right. See what I can do. Uh, look, we talked about him before. I think Ben Patton is uh, very much underrated. Uh, 21% owned and he's gone 59, 57 and 72 in his last three and his time on ground still reasonably low. So around that 75% time. So I think he's uh, one you could look at. Look, I think what happens with the bomber situation, if they do miss, you know, some of their best uh, eight or so players, look, you're probably looking at someone like Marty Gleason or Mitch Hibbert in the back line who could come in and uh, score quite well. Dylan Clark, we haven't seen this year. He scored pretty well in the midfield as well. So if they need to, a few more players, he might be one who gets a chance. And of your older types, as we touched on before, I think Alan, uh, Aaron Hall and Alan, Gra- Alan Hall, <laughs> Aaron Hall and Grant Birchall are good gets and, uh, pretty much available in a lot of leagues. So, uh, Hef, you got any others? Uh, yeah, look, Nick Caulfield, I think he's very under-owned in uh, Ultimate Footy, so you might want to look at it. Blake Hardwick as well that people might have forgotten about after his last week. They're probably a bit more likely to be in the pool mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, blokes like Aaron Hall and Grant Birch and stuff like that. Uh, if you're really, really struggling, look at the Cannon, I reckon. Cannon, if he's taking kickouts yeah, yeah. and potentially because Burton's not there at the moment, you know, he might be one of those ones who's a bit more of a free-roaming yeah. uh, and the he's ball. there to use his foot. Yeah. yeah. He's not going to handle it ever. No. So he's just going to hoof it up the field. So. And we love that. But anything below that, it's pretty slim picking. So if none of those guys are available, good luck, mate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the next one? Kang Daddy um, asks, is Joey D, uh, that's Joey Danaher for those playing at home, uh, worth hanging on to long term or better taking a chance on the cannon or Michael Gibbons type? P.S. Love the pod and keep up the great work. Thank you, Mr. Daddy. Uh, look, I think it's a bit risky all round, really. But uh, when Joey Danaher is up and going, uh, he's a very, very good fantasy option. But the big question is, when will he be up and going? So uh, looking at the the kind of age profile of those other guys, you know, Trent McKenzie's surprisingly 28. So he's no spring chicken. Nah, he's and um, Mickey Gibbons is 25. So I do like that he's playing a bit more mid-time. Look, I think you probably got to keep Joe Danaher uh, on the off chance he you know, gets better for next year, I think. I think that's probably a better option. But if you are looking for something this year, I think Gibbons is probably the one you want, I think. Yeah, looking at people like McKenzie and Gibbons, like, yeah, had a decent start to the season, but is it going to, you know, persist for the next? Oh, they're just yeah. as mo- more likely to, you know, go off the boil as opposed to keep up their form or yeah, improve. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, people get a bit trigger-happy early on in the season after a few rounds, but you need to think long-term. And if Danaher sits out all season, he will get over those injury mm-hmm. niggles. Mm-hmm. Um He'll probably go to Sydney next year by the sounds, if anything was last year was anything to go by, where he's probably going to come in and play that buddy role, which is Mm -hmm. pretty fantasy friendly. Um, Long term, if you don't really care what happens this season, I'll definitely be holding Danaher, I reckon, out of those two that you mentioned anyway. Yeah, investment. Yeah. From Facebook, Taylor Q asks, Jai Codwell versus Jackson Haightley, who comes out on top? 
This is a battle of the boys, Hef. Yeah, I think, uh, well, I own Jackson Haley. Uh, sorry, I own Jai Coldwell, at mm. least. You don't own Jackson Haley. No, but I was the biggest hype man for him in the whole yeah, AFL. You loved him. But yes. uh, who comes out on top? Um, look, it's going to be close. I think Haley looks like he's got more of a rounded game for fantasy. Better tank too. But I think uh, Coldwell has got the better inside game as well. Uh, they're going to be very close. I think Haley mm. comes out on top for me. I'm team Haley, obviously. But yeah. uh, look, I think if you had either, you'd be pretty happy going forward. The thing with Haley is his junior numbers and plus like his first season last year, he actually mm. put up some good fantasy numbers. Yeah. Um, look at Coldwell's junior numbers and they weren't great fantasy-wise. He was a bit of an extractor in and under. and But he did a lot of heavy lifting for his side as well, so it didn't probably help him out fantasy-wise. But uh, all of his AFL senior games he's played, especially if you look at it from a points-per-minute perspective, have been really good. Mm. If he gets that tank up and can run out more games, which I'm sure he will, mm-hmm. They're both going to be very good. They've done well mm. last year in that draft for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, at Legless Simo, uh, has Jack Bowes forced Fiorini out and is he 2G4P yet? Jeez. Asking for a mate. Great pod, guys. I feel like I've got a bit of a following here. Yeah. Um, look, as you said, once Jack gets DPP this week, he'll be too good. I don't think he's forced Fiorini out. I think Bowes was always above Fiorini yeah. in the pecking order. I'd Fiorini more- was always on shaky ground, like yeah. even last year. Oh, and now, of, yeah. now, you know, your Buderick's and, you know, Anderson's rouse, they're not putting yeah. any feet wrong. The you kids know, have Holman's, forced him out. Holman's still yeah. playing over them. Uh, the kids know, have forced him out more than Jack Bowes has. Yeah. Uh, I'm worried if you're a Fiorini owner. I don't just don't know, especially when they're all fit and firing in that midfield. Like Brandon Ellis was very impressive uh, for Gold Coast. You know, if Swallow doesn't do much wrong. Yeah. Took Miller was good. You know, like I know they only played the Crows, but uh, it's hard to find someone like Fiorini coming in unless there's major injuries. Pray for a trade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question at Bear Torius. He wants some DPP predictions and selfish question. Will Marshall and Lobb add forward status? Uh, I'll do the second one first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Marshall probably will with Ryder and him splitting up forward. Uh, Lobb would have been looked good, um, but now Sean Darcy is out. I think he's at least going to hold off that yeah, DPP for a bit. He'll be mm-hmm. a ruck um, for that uh, for that time until that par- uh, sorry until da- Sean Darcy gets back. So um, yeah, I don't think Lob, but I think Marshall's a good chance. Uh, DPP predictions are oh, Bose is a given. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Reese Conker will probably get it. He's been playing in defence. Nice since new coaches come in. Mm-hmm. Ben McAvoy is a given for defence, and I don't know how fantasy relevant that is, but if Segler goes down at any stage or if they decide that that's not working. It's a very handy backman to have. Yeah. If he goes back into the ruck at any stage this season, he is going to score pretty well as a defender. So, it's probably just worth thinking about even if they decide to rest Segler or anything like that. That's, mm. a, that's a given streaming option right there that you bring on. Mm. If he gets that back status, it could just help you every now and then. So, mm. wait and see. And lucky last question from at GoldieB23. Isaac Smith, def getting status all right. In ultimate footy this week, question mark. So, getting, will he getting, be a defender? Getting deaf status. Yeah, oh, sorry. Status. Not sorry. deaf getting status. Sorry, Goldie. I he's, butchered your question. He's definitely got status. Yeah. Um, but now getting defender status. Um, look, uh, 72% heat map in the defensive half. And we talked about this earlier. It's hard to tell whether he's just running, you know, mm. up and down the wings real deep. I personally think, and playing years and years and years and years of ultimate footy. What are mm. we now? So a lot of time. Uh, eight, eight years been yeah. playing it. Um, I reckon they'll be conservative as they always are, at yep. least for this uh, change and I don't think uh, Isaac Smith will get defender status just yet but I wouldn't rule it out later on in the year depends what role he plays look so a bit of a I suppose from my background a bit of a hunch you know someone like Bowes who's played the first three games in the back line uh, genuinely be playing in the, across the back line, but also he's had DPP of back status before. So exactly. ultimate footy are always more likely to give it back to someone who's had it, whereas Isaac Smith has never had de- 
defender status. Yeah. Always kind of been wing, maybe centre forward way back in the day, but it's going to take a lot more than just three games floating around the halfback line yeah. uh, to give it to them than uh, someone like Bose. Someone like Smith getting defender status is a huge game changer. Mm. And ultimate footy are always weary of putting game changes like that in. Mm-hmm. They will definitely wait an extra few weeks just yep. to really assess to make sure if it's worth yeah. throwing that cat amongst the pigeons, really. Yeah. But he's more likely to be a week six, yep. uh, week nine kind of proposition. If it happens at all. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, that's the last question of the week. So that's a wrap, Kay. So, um, well done, Hef. We almost kept it under an hour this week uh, 61 minutes we're sitting at now so let's just pray that there's nine games of football this weekend yeah well that will definitely not help us keep it to under an hour but uh, look I just want to talk about some more we can't we can't really knock us really we're just trying to talk about fantasy football and we yeah. love it so yeah. anyway that wraps it up uh, follow us on our socials Facebook uh, Twitter Instagram check out the links in the description same with the membership stuff there if you want to join up there'll be links below drink remedy kombucha mm. and ginger uh, lemon is delicious it's yeah. easily my favourite flavour I'm a tapache or the blood orange but uh, look I don't mind I like them all I cannot fault them great drink great my beverage. guts feel great now yeah it's fixed you up hasn't it this is magical <laughs> liquid magical alright that'll do us for this week and uh, we'll talk to you next week see you guys <laughs>